Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Here they are, The Quiz Kids. And sitting at teacher's desk with a birthday cake on one side and a stack of questions on the other is our chief quizzer herself, Fran Allison. Hello, everyone, and Quiz Kids, here's your first question. What type of person would be most interested in each of these streets? Basin Street, Baker Street, and Gabby Street. Now, that question was used on the very first Quiz Kids show broadcast 11 years ago this week. That's right. The Quiz Kids program is celebrating a birthday today with a cake and candles and all that goes with birthdays. This is the start of its 12th year on the air, which means the program is almost as old as most of you quiz kids. In fact, it's four years older than Frankie, who's on the board today. We're going to have a lot of fun on this anniversary show, so let's get right down to roll call. Pat? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 14 years old and a 1A at Calumet High School in Chicago. And uh, Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 15 years old, and I'll be a junior at Main Township High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 15 years old, and I'll be a senior at Roosevelt High School in Chicago. Frankie? I'm Frankie Vanderplug, and I'm seven years old, and right after Labor Day, I'll be in 2B at the Mount Vernon School in Chicago, Illinois. Good for you. <laughs> and Sally Ann? I'm Sally Ann Wilhelm. I'm 12 years old. This fall, I'll be in eighth grade in Central Junior High School in Elkhide, Indiana. Thank you. And folks, Naomi Cook was one of our winners last Sunday, but Naomi left this week to spend two months at summer camp, and so she selected Sally Ann to uphold the young ladies' department. Well, now let's see who has the answer to that first question from our first program. What type of person would be most interested in Basin Street, Baker Street, and Gabby Street? Sally Ann? Well, uh, Basin Street is the uh, name of a song, so would probably be a musician would be yes. interested in that. And yes. Baker Street was uh, where Sherlock Holmes well, did all his work, and that would probably be a detective or a private eye or somebody like that. All right. And what was we that? have one more street. What was that? Gabby Street. I don't know that. Well, one. Pat would like to help. Well, Gabby Street was the name of a famous ball player, uh, and he used to be with the Chicago Cubs, as a matter of fact. And, all right. Uh, very famous ball player. I'm supposed to be a baseball fan. I imagine player. so. <laughs> now... <laughs> How do you suppose the speed of this answer compares with that which was received on our very first trial at this question? Do any of you remember? Well, we'll just go right on to the next <laughs> one and see. 1940 also produced some political excitement with the presidential campaign of Wendell Wilkie and Franklin Roosevelt. And as you all know, Roosevelt was re-elected, soon to become the sixth wartime president. Now, can you tell us what rulers were on the opposite side of these wartime presidents? James Madison. Joel? Oh, I believe Monroe campaigned against him in his first election. Now, I, I'm afraid I didn't make myself exactly clear. I, I want to know if you can connect the time during which these presidents reigned, 
Think of what war may have occurred during those years and what ruler would have been ruling opposite them. Joel? Well, that uh, he ruled, uh, Madison was president during the War of 1812. All right. So the ruler would be, see, I think it would be Edward uh, was king of England then. Mm -hmm. No, Joel, I'm sorry. Pat? I think it was George III then. George III was the ruler I would want to have. All right, tell me about this one, and how about James K. Polk, Joel? Well, he was president during the uh, Mexican War, and for most of the war, he was against Santa Ana. Santa Ana, that is exactly right. Thanks. <laughs> now, since anniversaries are in order tonight, let's pretend some mythological people are sending anniversary cards to their wives. Who would be sending this greeting, and to whom would he send it? As a queen, you'll always reign. Your beauty sets my heart aflame. So don't always think that I'm untrue. Believe I'm still in love with you. Sally Ann? Well, that would uh, probably be Jupiter sending it to Juno, his uh, queen, because he was always running after some mortal uh, woman that was prettier than he thought Juno was. And she just didn't exactly go along with that, no. did she? <laughs> All right. Now we'll go on to the next one. Who would send this next verse? Venus gave you beauty, Apollo gave you song, but I'm afraid you're just too curious. It may lead you to some wrong. <laughs> Frankie? That might be, um, I'm not so sure, but that would be um, Epimetheus sending it to Pandora, or else it would be Cupid sending it well, to I'll, Psyche. I'll settle this for that first answer. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Now, here is the last verse. Who would send this to his wife? Although my mother makes you a slave because o'er your beauty they all rave, to be with you once more I'll try and gaze on your wings of a butterfly. Pat? Well, that was uh, Cupid and his wife, Psyche. That is uh, right. Venus that was Cupid's we mother. We took care of those greetings in just excellent time. Thank you. Now, here is a math problem that was introduced in 1942. It can be worked out quickly by using a shortcut without paper and pencil. Joel, you've had quite a few tough math problems to answer since then. But let's find out if you remember anything as simple as this. First, how much is 123,456 times 9 plus 7? Joel? I believe that would be 1,111,111. That is so right. <laughs> now, Joel, uh, here is how you sounded when you first answered that at the tender age of six. Well, it would be 1,111,111. Joel, just, just think how lucky you are we aren't on television. We might even show pictures, you know. <laughs> at that time, we asked you how you arrived at that answer so quickly. And this is all that you would say. Well, I can't do it. It's a secret trick. <laughs> <laughs> and here was the second part of that problem. What is the square of 200 
257. Well, that would be uh, 257, uh, 264, and that would be, uh, see, uh, 64,049. 64, well, now, Joel, let's check with the answer that you gave them. Yeah. Well, well you have 256,000. 256,000. 7264 divided by 4 is 66, and 10 is 66, and then 3 times 3 is 9, so he got, I mean, sometimes someone's 49, so he got 66,049. I guess you realize that you gave away your secret of that shortcut then, but you can rest assured your secret's safe with me because it's still a mystery. There were many popular songs that we grown-ups sang in 1943 that we still remember. But you children were only in kindergarten and first, first grade about that time. Nevertheless, I wonder if you can identify some 1943 songs just from hearing me read a few lines from the middle of the lyrics. And you are to sing the song if you recognize it. And down and down I go, round and round I go like a leaf that's caught in the tide. Lonnie? Uh, that old black magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that you weave so well. That's very good. <laughs> How about this one, then? It's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. Pat? Well, I'm not going to try and sing it. I think that's as time goes by, though. We'll let some, somebody else sing it. Shall I, we let Lonnie sing it? Well, it'll be all right with me, but I know that's as <laughs> time goes I by. I love your singing, Pat. I don't know what's the matter with you. Lonnie? <laughs> Well, uh, I'm not so sure of the words, but it, the tune goes like this. The fundamental things apply as... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't help me out. All right. Now, here's a question we tried on the Quiz Kids in 1943, and let's see how well you children do on it now. In the opera, Orpheus and Eurydice, how did Orpheus disobey Amor? I think Joel was first. Uh, well, <coughs> Orpheus had, had gotten permission uh, to bring Eurydice back from the underworld, and just as uh, Orpheus was out of the underworld, he was told not to look back at her. And uh, they reached a certain point where he was out of the underworld and into the light, but she was behind him and in the underworld. So, so he turned around and looked at her, and she promptly had to go back. That is right. That is correct. Now, in one of Shakespeare's plays, how did Jessica disobey her father? Pat? Well, she eloped with Lorenzo, the young lawyer, and, uh, and uh, Shylock, who was her father, didn't approve of that at all. Not only that, but she took all his money and several of his jewels, and uh, she, she made left them high and dry, so to speak. <laughs> well, Pat, let's listen to the way you answered that eight years ago, when you were just six. She... She married a Christian named Lorenzo, who was a friend of Antonio's, and he was a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that settles him right there. Uh, tell me, uh, Pat, have you finished? Well, I thought I so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to have missed any of it. Uh, at that age, uh, how did you feel about the White Sox? 
Well, at that age, I was sort of young to be interested too much in the White Sox, but of course, I gradually picked up an affection to them, and I even had that affection when they were languishing in the cellar in 1948. Yes, I think we can safely say their future is much brighter. Yes, I hope so. Thing, even in the eighth inning. <laughs> well, now I hope you'll get the pitch on this question. What musical symbols do these suggest? First, a masculine clothing accessory. Sally Ann? That would be a tie. A tie. All right. A mattress? Joel? A rest. A rest. A slanderous remark? No coaching from the audience, please. <laughs> a slanderous remark? Just think of a synonym for that. Well, what would you think of slur? How would that be? Oh. All right. Now, you quiz kids have met many famous people, such as Bing Crosby, Helen Hayes, Gertrude Lawrence, and Jack Benny, when they were guests on your program. And now you're going to hear the voices of three other famous guests you've had with you in your classroom. See whether you can recognize them. And here is the first one. He speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel. For thou art as glorious to this night being o'er my head as is a winged messenger of heaven under the white, upturned, wandering eyes of mortals that fall back to gaze on him when he bestrides the lazy, pacing clouds and sails upon the bosom of the air. Lonnie? I believe that's Maurice Evans. Maurice Evans, that is right. Now here are some more lines from Shakespeare read by another famous actor. Who is he? Who told me you were rough and coy and sullen, and now I find report a very liar, for thou art pleasant. Dalian? That sounds like John Carradine. Well, I... Uh, well, wait till we just get a few more ideas. Pat? That also sounds like Bob Pope. Yes, know, it right? does. <laughs> <laughs> he has a little different Shakespearean technique. So <laughs> than, uh, Mr. Evans? All right. Now we have a duet by two musical artists. See if you can identify them. Lonnie? Well, the good voice you heard was Evelyn Knight, and the not so good one was myself. <laughs> well, I thought it was just beautiful. <laughs> I might just say I'm a little put out to think you sang a whole song with her and I couldn't get you to sing the closing phrase of As Time Goes By with me. <laughs> you stay after school, Well, my Lonnie. voice was a little better then. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lonnie, here's the very first question you answered as a quiz kid way back on October 1st, 1944, at the ripe old age of eight years. Who now has the best batting average for the season in big league baseball? And how does it compare with Babe Ruth's best average? Here's the way you answered that question, the very first answer you ever gave as a quiz kid. I'm not sure how it compares with Babe Ruth's average, but it's uh, Dixie Walker. I think it's about 358 or 356. Well, now let's see if you can answer that same question for the year 1951. Who now has the best batting average for the season, and how does it compare with Babe Ruth's best average, Lonnie? Well, right now, I guess it's Orestes Minoso of the White Sox in the American League. In the National League, it's uh, Stan Musial of the Cardinals. Well, you're, you're pretty close, Lonnie, <laughs> but not quite. I think Pat was next. Well, uh, in the American League, I believe it is Orestes Minoso, but in the National League, I think Jackie Robinson has moved ahead of uh, 
Van Musio, and it's something like 367, I think. I'm Lonnie, not sure you how well I think Babe, Babe Ruth's best batting average was 379. The best batting average was 393. Of Ruth? And Robinson's average is 367. Musio is second, 364. Wright and Minosa <coughs> is 362. Well, now in 1944 and 45, you children certainly did your part for the war effort by selling over $103 million worth of bonds in shows all over the country. Let's see how well you remember your bonds. On what denomination of currency would you find the man who appears on the $25 bond? Sally Ann? I think that's Thomas Jefferson. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, anyone else have any ideas? Well, then I must tell you that it is George Washington who appears <laughs> on the $25 bond, so you would also find him on the... Lonnie? $1 bill. On the $1 <laughs> bill. On what denomination of currency would you find the man who was on the $50 bond? Lonnie? Well, that's Grant, I believe. Uh, no, Pat? Well, no, I was thinking of Andrew Jackson. Uh, Sally Ann? Well, stick with Jefferson because <laughs> you were right, Sally Ann. He's on the $50 bond, so he is also on the... He's on the $2 bill. On the $2 bill, all right. And how about the man who is on the $100 bond? On what bill would you find him, Lonnie? Well, the man is Cleveland. I believe he's on a $100 bill also. He is on the $100 bond, and he is on what bill? Sally Ann? The $50 bill. No, dear. Uh, Pat? I believe it's a $25,000 bill. No, it's a little high. It's a little high, Pat. <laughs> Cut it down a little bit, could you? Joel? Well, I know it's a thousand. A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Now, moving along to the year 1948, we find the elections of that year brought about quite a few changes in the United States Senate. I realize it's expecting a lot to ask you to remember the 16 senatorial contests that took place two years before the last senatorial election in 1950, but let's try this anyway. Now, here are the names of three senators who were replaced in the 1948 election. Can you tell us who took each one's place in the Senate? First of all, Joseph H. Ball, who took his place. Pat? Oh, that was Hubert Humphreys of Minnesota. That is right. Who replaced Wallace E. White, Jr.? Wallace E. White, Jr. Well, as a... Joel? Wasn't he from Kansas? No, and as a matter of fact, he was replaced by a woman, by... Now, can you think, Lonnie? <laughs> well, Margaret Chase Smith. Margaret Chase Smith. All right. And who defeated C. Whalen Brooks in 1948? Pat? That was Paul Douglas, Dole Knox. Pardon, that is exactly right. <laughs> in 1950, a new voice was heard on the Quiz Kids show, and that was you, Sally Ann. And to make this a real memory test for you, you will hear only the answers you gave in identifying two quotations. Now, see if you can determine what the quotations were. Now, uh, here is your first answer. Well, wasn't that in uh, the Garden of Eden where God told uh, Adam and Ad Eve? All right, Sally Ann. Well, I think that would probably be, uh, and God commanded um, the man saying, um, wait, what? Would it help if of, I just... Uh, of every uh, tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of, the gar but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That is right. 
And here is your second answer, Sally Ann. Was that uh, when God sent down the floods and Noah escaped? All well, right. that was uh, naturally from Noah's Ark. And uh, he says, and... The end? Oh, the end of all flesh is come, for the earth is filled with violence through it. And behold, I will destroy it with the earth. That is right, Sally. Very good. Now, you children probably remember when Flyer Bill Odom appeared on the program in 1949, shortly after he had completed his record-breaking flight from Hawaii to the east coast of the United States. Now, just suppose that when he left Hawaii, Bill Odom had followed a consistent course along the 30th parallel north latitude, straight east, to the east coast of the United States. What are the only states in the United States that he would have crossed? Joel? Well, I believe that would have been Texas and Florida. Texas and Florida, and one more. Lonnie? I believe he would have gone through California, too, wouldn't he? Uh, not California as such. Well, lower California. Lower anyway. California, yes, but one other state. Can you think what it might have been? Texas and Florida are correct. Louisiana is the other. And speaking of flying, there is a colorful trio of birds suggested by the following song. See if you can recognize them. And here is the first. All right, Pat? Well, that's La Paloma, the dove. Dove. And here is the second one. Oh, that's uh, the Firebird by Stravinsky. The Firebird, all right. Now, what bird is suggested by this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting some ideas. Frankie? Well, that would be the swan. The swan. And How did you know, Frankie? Um, I, um... How could you tell? Well, I have a record um, of Rusty and Orchestra Bell, and it just happened to be on that, so I know the tune of it, and uh, I knew the tune of it on the program, so I happened to get well, it. Well, who, who was the artist on, on this uh, that you just heard? Well, I think um, it was by St. John. Yes, but, <laughs> yes the, the composition, yes, but this fine artist whose work you just heard a minute ago... <laughs> Who, who could that have been? Lonnie? Or Frankie, well, I, I think, knows. I think, <laughs> you know? I'm not so sure, but, um, I was just thinking to make a funny answer. Could it be myself? <laughs> <laughs> you just keep up that way, Frankie. You always think for a funny answer, because that's the very thing to do. Well, we've heard how most of you children talked when you were all younger, all except you, Frankie. Now, would you like to hear how you sounded way back in July of 1950? All right, we'll listen to you. Frankie Vanderbilt, I'm six years old, and I'm at 1B at the Mount Vernon School, Chicago, Illinois. All right, now, Frankie, do you, um, do you think you've changed your style much since then? Do you think you sound pretty much the same? Yeah. Well, it hasn't been too long since last July. We'll try you next year and see. <laughs> now, 
This question concerns persons of fiction or legend. You are about to hear three pledges, and I want you to tell us who took them. In other words, who is speaking? Here is the first one. Merry men all, I pray you to join me in a vow to spoil only all who grind and rob the poor. From such only will we take to help those who are needy, but to helpless women or children, we will do no scathe. Pat? Well, that was Robin Hood. That was Robin Hood. Now, I bid you vow to reverence the king as if he were your conscience, and your conscience as your king, to break the heathen and uphold the Christ, to ride aboard redressing human wrongs. Joel? Would, would that be the oath of the round table of King Arthur? That is right. <clears throat> now, how about this one? We will keep mum about this, and we wish we may drop down dead in our <laughs> tracks if we ever tell and rot. Joel? Oh, that would be Tom Sawyer by uh, Mark Twain. That is right. Well, children, no birthday party's complete without the birthday song and the blowing out of the candles on the cake. So, Frankie, may I ask you please to come over to teacher's desk because I think I shall need your help for blowing out the candles in just a minute. And it didn't take you long to get here, so maybe we all should come over, could we? <coughs> And we'll sing the birthday song, and we're going to make so many wishes that it'll take all of us to blow out the candles. Uh, Helen, are we about ready to... Okay? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Suppose you think of a great big wish, and then we'll blow out the candles. As a matter of fact, you can all make a wish, will you? How about it, Frankie? Is your wish ready? Yes. And then you know if you blow them all out at once, it'll come true. Are you ready? Well, let's blow. <laughs> harder, a little harder. A little harder, I think we can get it. There we go. <laughs> All right, you can go back to your places. Now, but first, Frankie, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you a question, if I may. Uh, did you make a secret wish, or is it one we could all know about? Um, it's sort of a secret wish, oh, well, but then... I'll tell it to you. All right, <laughs> all right. I wish I could be on every quiz kid program there is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's the bell. But first, may I say, Frankie, if I were in the wish-granting department, I'd see to it that something very nice happens for you. Well, that means our school is over for tonight. And because this was our special anniversary program, you children weren't scored tonight. And so we'll see all five of you back in class next week. And don't forget, you each receive a United States savings bond for your future education. Before we go, we want to thank all you wonderful listeners who have made it possible for the Quiz Kids program to stay on the air all these years. You've sent us nearly four million letters, and we want you to know how much your friendship means to us. We hope you'll all be back with us next Sunday at this same time. 
I leave on my vacation this week, kids. And I want to tell you how much I have really enjoyed being your quiz mistress these past Sundays. And it is most regretfully that I say this is Fran Allison dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Bye, Bye Allison. Listen to the Quiz Kids Coast to Coast every Sunday evening. And also see and hear the Quiz Kids television program on NBC. Consult your local newspaper for time and station. This is Bill Grisky speaking. Quiz Kids is a Lewis G. Cowan production. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Martin...